the 402. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. It's time for another Swarm, the 402 podcast, and it's no surprise we got a special guest here today, former Iowa kicker Kyle Schlicker, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> one of the coolest former Hawkeyes I've ever met in my life, I got to say. Had an absolute blast hanging out with you at our fan event in West Branch. Kyle, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, man, this is always a great time, and again, I did. I also had a great time at that. That. That was a great event. Glad I drove three hours for it. It was uh, totally worth it. Well, you know, the only other thing, the, the one big thing that people took away from that event was other than Matt taking off his shirt uh, in front of the um, older women there was how cool, <laughs> how cool Kyle Schlicker was. And all the kids were like, Kyle Schlicker, like that, when did he play? Like, he's my favorite kicker now. Like, I'm going to, so the, my boys got to wear your championship rings. That like made their life. And yeah. so I, I had to get up on YouTube and, <laughs> find any Kyle Schlicker highlight video I could on YouTube. And there actually is some stuff out there, which is awesome. So uh, you are their guy now. And I think they might be next season donning some Schlicker jerseys out to Kinnick. So you made an impression, man. Yeah. Well, you know, those rings, again, they sit in my basement. My kids are too young to know exactly what's going on with those. And, you know, when they see them, they just think they're sparkly pieces of metal. But, you know, you know, I saw your kids sitting there, and uh, quite frankly, they were – my fingers are too big for them now, so I was getting kind of sick of wearing them. I thought they would they would represent them well, so I'm glad yeah. they had a fun time doing that. I know they did. It was, it was a great time. So, um, guys, we're going to start out. We're going to go over everyone's records from last week. Um, Matt finished at the top of the mountain. Man, Matt's hot right now. If you're betting on college football and we're not condoning that lifestyle, if you have a problem, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. But if you are betting health healthy, then Matt is your guy. Last week, Matt went 5-2. and two. Matt, like, what's what's the secret to your sauce, man? Like, what are you doing? That's you're just winning every single week right now. You are now in first place above everybody. I had some really good uh, advice in high school that you know I'd rather be lucky than good. I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I got that. That's solid advice. Russ went four and three last week, as did Jerry. So um, Russ is a little bit behind all of us, but you know Russ has a pretty great record too. Russ is ten and five overall. So I guess um, 
guys are pretty, you know, if you're going off winning percentage, they're pretty dang close, neck and neck there. And Jerry's at just swimming below 500 at 14 and 16. So don't give Jerry too much of a hard time because he won't show up for another podcast. So be well, soft on him. You know, I got to be quite honest with you because right now it's like, I it's not just the fact that I, I'm like the worst record, but, you know, I still, I went, I visited the newsstand again this year, this week. And, oh God. And, and I've got, you know, I'm coming across these things and, you know, we're coming across the business magazine and Adam's on the cover. Oh, oh yeah. Adam is here. How he carries the hawk's nest. That's hot. And then we got Beer and Brawn magazine. Russ is here. <laughs> how, how he lifts the Nebraska hawk's nest in new heights like a large IPA. All right. <laughs> and then I go nice. over to another I go over to another section and look, junior news. Ad, or Matt, Matt, <laughs> wow. Matt is, I love it. Matt is on the cover of Junior News. Matty Ice and the, you know carries the Nebraska Hawks. Man, that's a heck of a portrait. It is. And, that is, <laughs> and I am like, I, I'm like home making brownies. I mean, what's going on here, guys? Come on. Oh. Jerry, is that one uh, that Matt graced the cover of? Does that come out with one of those full-size posters that you can put up on your wall? I don't know. I'm not sure if that's quite Tiger Beat level yet, but I mean, he's is there, is there a fat head? Is there a fat head available of that? <laughs> there might be. There might be. Don't challenge oh, me, Matt. Don't here we challenge go. me. Here, we're, we're again at that point in the podcast you know, where the guest I, is like, what did I get myself into? Yeah, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? <laughs> Sorry, oh. Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. We got a little thing. These guys keep taking advantage of all of our fame, and I'm just kind of left in the dust here, man. Hey, you know what? This is fun to listen to already. I feel like uh, we all just need to be in the same room drinking beer. <laughs> I just heard a beer crack there. Was that, was that Matt? Was that you again? It always is. I feel like we need to like find a I beer. I tried to keep that there. one quiet, too. Every time we get like have a Matt beer crack, I think this this minute brought to you by this beer. And stuff. Any, any brewery out there. Yeah, you want yeah I'll, drink, I'll drink micro brew beer. I have no... <laughs> Keeps, no keeps cracking no the beer. He's gonna, that at all. Keeps cracking the beer. He's going to lose his junior news sponsorship. I can tell you that. So. That's true. That's true. I have one beef with the magazine that Russell's on the cover of. The production quality of that that editorial or whoever did that 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 was that was poor. I think Russ deserves better than that. A little bit yeah. better production quality. I know, but we all aspire to beer and bronze. So, mm. all right. Well, guys. Moving on, we got a little bit of um, information to cover. Before we get into our picks here, I wanted to get everyone's um, opinion on what's going on with James Franklin right now. I it, It's really interesting. His mind definitely seems to be elsewhere. If you guys have seen any of the press conferences right now, um, he's going to be um, playing Ohio State this week, and he kept calling Ohio Stadium the big house and saying how excited they are to go to the big house. And then he said – but I'm 100% focused on playing Illinois this week. He said that like three times. I'm focused on Illinois. Well, you're not playing in the big house, nor are you playing Illinois. Um, a lot of people are contributing that to you, um, moving on to USC or USC or USC or LSU, uh, one of the two that is mine's elsewhere. Russ, I know you got your thumb on the pulse of college football almost all the time, and you've probably seen the highlights of this press conference. Russ, what did you think of that? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think he's got a foot out the door. I think he's on his way to USC. That's the rumor. Well, hot rumor now is that Mel Tucker is going to leave Michigan State after this year and go to LSU. 
and take mm-hmm. that job. There, that was reported quite a bit on ESPN earlier this week, if you're paying attention. So, yeah, I think he's got a foot out the door, and I think maybe his team had a little give up in him last week, fall into uh, Illinois there nine overtimes. Usually when you see a coach with one foot out the door, they don't have the number two recruiting class in the country. James yeah. Franklin and Penn State are ranked number two in the country in their recruiting class next year, which I find crazy. Um, so there's going to be some conversations going on there. Jerry, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? That's the one thing that has me holding back being like, he's got the number two class in the country coming in. Like, you know, Penn state usually does really well, but not number two. Well, you know, I, James Franklin, good riddance, you know, most of the coaches in the big 10, the way they carry themselves, you, you know, even a Harbaugh or somebody's on the hot seat, they always carry themselves. Like, you know, they're in a job they want to be in. James Franklin's just, He's just always had an aura that he's above the conference somehow. And uh-huh. he's, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I, you know, I don't have a lot of in-depth information on it other than the fact that it's, you know, good riddance, you know, if that's, if he wants out, don't let the door hit you and, you know, get somebody that wants to be there. So. Yeah. Happy Valley's always had the reputation. It's really out there on its own that they live in their own world, their own bubble. And it's very disconnected from the rest of the state and the rest of the country. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on all of that going on? Uh, do you, have you seen anything or heard anything or what's your impressions of where his head's at? Yeah, I guess I hadn't seen a whole lot of that. Um, it's been pretty busy in my life. I haven't, I haven't seen any of that come across, which is surprising. I'm usually pretty on, to that stuff, but I guess with James Franklin, I can see it. He does have that uppity attitude like Jerry was talking about. Yeah. I, he's always been a thorn in Iowa's side. He's had her number. Don't get me wrong. He's a good coach, but uh, yeah. if he wants to go, go. What were you going to say, Jerry? I don't know. I just was going to say maybe he, you know, maybe he's a great guy personally, but, I mean, he just is – the way he carries himself, it's just – I don't know. He's just never really – yeah. carried himself or acted like you know he just i don't know he just doesn't really seem like he's content with where he's at to me but uh, uh kyle i'm not sure how much you've had time to hear anything about this but what have your impressions been of penn state and happy valley as a player w- when you go there to play well um quite frankly you know i played when paterno was uh getting towards the end of his stint and i, I I can tell you that uh, this isn't because I was, it was my first starting year in 04, you know, when we went there and beat them uh, six to four. Um, I do, I do though remember like being very nervous, being very intimidated by just the whole stigma of Penn state, you know, and I, I actually tell people to this day, like Penn state was probably one of the toughest plays, most intimidating one of the most intimidating places I've ever played because, you know, you step in, you come out of the locker room and you walk around the corner and you come out onto the field and you're looking a mile high at, you know, uh, at, at the time, I remember that particular game. It was, uh, it was a whiteout. I think that stadium holds around 110, 100, 100 and something thousand people. But, yeah. you know, uh, my, my impression of Penn State has always been a very classy very, um, you know, whoever they have in charge has always been a very, um, I guess, you know, I'm talking pre, like, like when Paterno and like right after all the stuff with Sandusky happened and Paterno passed away. Yeah. Uh, f- for me, that, that was actually very tough to watch because I had Penn State at a very high standard, you know, like I had them way up there, like, um, 
just a very high standard of uh, of how they do things. And um, um, I, I do agree that, uh, you know, Coach Franklin, I'm sorry, but after watching and listening to a lot of his interviews and it just doesn't seem like Penn State. Um, doesn't seem like the good old classic Penn State, uh, you know, punchy in the face Penn State. I, I don't know. As a player, I don't think I would be as intimidated as I was, as I particularly was, going back there uh, back in 04. So there's been, again, all rumors, all hearsay, stuff reported online that after the Iowa game, it almost felt like they were broke that things are different different around the football offices. Things have been a little different in the locker room. The the tone and the feeling has just changed, and they just haven't been able to bounce back. And, uh, I, I, you know, that happens sometimes. That happens to teams. Sometimes there's a big-time game. It was number three versus number four, and, you know, that really is the definite, you know, defines the great teams and the, just the okay teams or the teams that can bounce back from a loss like that and, and keep moving. So yeah. it doesn't seem like – Things are going awesome there right now, but, um, you know, have to be, it's very, it's going to be interesting to watch that recruiting class and see how that develops over time. So, so Kyle, not to get uh, sidetracked, you mentioned that six to four game. How yeah. emotional was that? That was the game where coach Ferentz's uh, dad had just passed away. And before we get onto our picks, I mean, what was the yeah. feeling like in the locker room as fans? We all remember that game for that, but uh, what was it like to be inside the doors? Well, you know, we, we went that whole that whole week of practice without Coach Ferentz and Brian. They were all in Pennsylvania for the funeral um, and or wherever the funeral was. I, um, I can't remember exactly. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, we went that whole week without Coach Ferentz there and I went the whole week without Brian, you know, and at the time Brian was on the field goal block team. Um, and, you know, I think that. Uh, the media did a great job of really building it up emotionally for us. You know, we knew the circumstances, um, but for me, you know, I know that I've, I've been sent this video by tons of fans, you know, that game when at the end of the game, when we won coach Ferentz and Brian are embracing and I, and I'm in the background, like, you know, uh, right there, awkwardly standing there, um, <laughs> you know, seeing all that go down and how it affected his entire family and how that win, uh, just the whole, you know, buildup of the of the week, and you know the, how the media was able to turn it and spin it so that, like, oh my gosh, you know, like, what, how is Iowa going to fare with this? Um, I, I personally was just very, very proud of our team in that particular moment for providing that victory for him and his family. Because, again, you know, the buildup, you know, I remember just you know, the announcement that Coach Ferentz is going to be there and we go the entire week without practice and we're used to having him there. You know, he's, it was just a very, uh, there was a lot of uh, buildup to it. And um, it, it was very emotional, man. Um, I'm glad we were able to do that for him because it, it was huge. I mean, I, I still tell that story to Rob Gold. When I met Rob Gold, when I went in, I, I used to trade, uh, when I worked for the Naval Special Warfare, um, we used to trade community service with the Bears rookies. And they'd come up to the Navy base and, you know, I would challenge their rookie kicker and beat them and all that stuff. And then um, we would go down to Bourbon A and, and see their training. And I remember running into Robbie in the parking lot. I'm like, hey, Robbie, you know, and, and he recognized me. I was like, hey, Schlicker, 2000, you know, Iowa, 2004, Penn State, man. At, and he's like, don't even start. <laughs> I remember him miss. I and I reminded him that he missed two field goals that game. And I made two <laughs> field goals, and I'll never, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget Paterno like shaking his finger at him on the way, uh, on the way off the field, and 
Um, that was just that I probably have the most memories. I probably tell that story about that game uh, the most. Um, so anyway, so that that's a great story. To... <laughs> no, that's that awesome. awesome. That's I, you know, it's, we don't get to hear stuff like that every day. So that's great. Thanks, Jerry, for asking that question. That yeah. was really obviously, was really cool. obviously he, obviously he had the last laugh. You know, he played what he's still in the pros. Um, but uh, no. yeah, he was he was at the time he was walking to his car, and I caught him, and I I started to bring up that story in front of all my like Navy SEAL buddies, and uh, he was he was pretty embarrassed about it. He was. Um, so I got hey. that. I got that little. I got. I got that little jab on him. Well, that's good. He, he's he's no Kyle Schlicker, that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Definitely not as cool as me. Definitely no. not as cool as me. Well, no. I'm a, I've been a lifelong Bears fan, so I can't give Robbie Gold too much slack or too much flack. You know what? But, uh, you yeah, know, we'll exactly. be glad. We'll be glad he missed those that day. I have so much respect for him. He played in one of the worst environments in NFL football, and for some of the, you know, for some mm. of the most. Um, you know, some cruel fans. Um, I actually really hope that they move to Arlington because uh, he wouldn't, you know, whoever the kicker is won't have to deal with that, the treacherous winds there <laughs> up the side of the lake. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. I, I've heard it's pretty tough there. I've been there. I went there when Northern Illinois and Iowa played there. And um, yeah. Cal, were you on the team then? I was not. That was uh, just you a couple years after I graduated. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to move on now to um, get our picks done here. And we're going to start out. Got number six, Michigan, 7-0 and at Michigan State, taking on Mel Tucker, potentially the future LSU coach. Michigan State, 7-0. and Who would have thought Michigan State was going to be 7-0 and right now? I, After watching him last year, I mean, if he keeps this rolling like this, how he doesn't win coach of the year, I don't know how. Um, right now, the line, thanks to Russ for getting all those lines ready for us today. That was lovely. Um, Michigan is favored by four. Russ, who you, who you taking in this one? At Michigan State in East Lansing, number six, Michigan, number eight, Michigan State. Uh, I'm taking Michigan State. I'm taking the upset. I'll take Michigan State plus the four points. I think they're just scrappier. I think Michigan just haven't been overly impressed by them, and I just honestly can't uh, can't put my uh, my pick behind John Harbaugh. Okay, got that. And guys, hey, just FYI to help the host out, if you guys could keep track of your picks while we're doing this, I would appreciate it greatly. I'm I'm terrible at it. I get I get going, and then I forget to write down who you guys pick, and then I have to circle back later in the week back, guys, who'd you pick again? So I just figure I'd try to make everyone's life easier. All right, Matt. Got Jim Harbaugh versus Mel Tucker, one-on-one. Who's going to be coming out on top in this one? They got Michigan favored by four. They, yep. Uh, I I actually got uh, Michigan on this one. I think Michigan State's defense allows too many yards. I think Michigan's offense is better than Michigan State's offense. Um, the the points allowed also, when, you, when I went and looked at that quick tonight, um, Michigan State allows some more points, you know, with that lack of defense. Uh, I just think Michigan's going to be even, even away, you know, in covering the spread. I think Michigan is going to take this one. You know, Jerry, lately too, Michigan state has just had Michigan's number. Um, Harbaugh, you know, it gets a lot of flack overall. He's done a pretty darn good job there. He just has not beat his rivals. He hasn't been able to take care of Michigan state. Hasn't been able to take care of Ohio state. Do you feel like that he's going to take care of Michigan state this weekend? 
Well, you know, if D'Antonio still coached there, I'd just say a meteor strike is what I'm predicting because I I could only hope. But uh, no, right now with the way Michigan State's playing, I'm with Russ. I'm taking the upset on it. Michigan State, Michigan, it's an in-state rivalry. You know, Michigan State's, I think, more hungry. I mean, I just, I don't know. Michigan's always going to have the uh, luster behind it, for lack of a better term. And I just think Michigan State's going to come out, kind of be more of the, the Rocky Balboa to the Michigan uh, Apollo Creed. So, you think I'll Michigan think State's State. more hungry than Michigan with Harbaugh in the hot seat? Come on. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan should have lost to the Huskers. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. Michigan State was darn close to it, too. Right. That's the thing I don't really understand as much about college football. I do think it's the greatest sport in the world. But when does that luster wear off? You know, the luster is clearly worn off for Nebraska. I don't feel like it's fully worn off for Michigan. Like, you know, in in schools like that, like Tennessee, that luster's kind of worn off. You know, where is that line when that luster does wear off? I just find very, very interesting on – you know, what teams are considered blue, you know, blue blood programs and what ones are, you know, we, they were a thing of the past. Kyle, um, right now we got, again, number six, Michigan, two of the two undefeated teams in the Big Ten East at Michigan State, Michigan favored by four. Kyle, what are you thinking in this one? Make well, the right of, choice for, here, Kyle. First of all, no before pressure. I answer that, <laughs> yeah, before I answer that, um, you know, going back to what you just said about Luster, you know, this makes me think of um, – when I, uh, when I was a senior in high school, junior and senior, you know, the Miami Hurricanes were huge. Miami Hurricanes mm-hmm. were, you know, and you just don't see them now like you did in past. Florida State as well. Um, yeah. You know, when I, was, right. when, I was, when I was in high school, Florida State and Miami were, uh, you know, they were the top dogs. And I remember Nebraska was too. I remember getting a call, getting a gray shirt uh, scholarship offer from Nebraska in 2002. They were playing um, – I think Miami in the national championship game in 2002. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Now my answer to the pick guys, I'm, I'm going to answer this one purely off of emotion. <laughs> Michigan is the only team that I never uh, beat personally when I played, Ooh. I came very, I came very close, had a couple really, you know, I never missed a field goal at the big house. And I love telling stories to people, especially Michigan fans when they asked me, like, oh, wow, you played for Iowa. How was, it, how was it playing at the big house? And I'm like, well, you know, when you're standing on the 50-yard line, it actually is not that big. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, and when I saw that stadium, it was like, you know, Ohio State, Penn State. You know, I, I actually tell people that Purdue was actually uh, one of the hardest places to play at because you literally, like, the fans can reach out and tap you on the shoulder at Purdue. Mm. Um, and they were throwing their drinks at us and stuff. But uh <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Michigan State on this one because okay. uh, I, again, going off of emotion, I I have a deep, 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 deep hatred for Michigan, and I like it. it. And it has, you know, it it stems from how the locker rooms are situated and what the locker rooms consist of to the fans that just think that they are the shit, and uh, I don't get it. You know, I just I'm sorry. Matt, you're going to be on computer probation if you let that happen again. <laughs> well, and, and Kyle, let's be honest. You know, the Miami thing might have been a little slanted because you followed Todd Seavers, who was kicking at Miami back then at Ankeny. Yep, so, you know, maybe maybe Ankeny High was a little bit slanted in their viewpoint towards Miami at the time. But. Well, yeah, I get it. But, but I mean, that, <laughs> they, 
<laughs> the end of the 90s and into the early 2000s, I mean, no, they the hurricane, were the hurricanes in Florida State, you know, I mean, probably more mm. of the hurricanes were, were huge. Um, but, you know, and you got to keep in mind, too, that I, I, I didn't grow up a football fan, man. I grew up a soccer fan. I, I thought I was going to be the next Alexia Lalas playing for USA national men's team, you know, like and then I kicked the football and it <laughs> it 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 went a mile and uh, here, I, here I am, you know, um, so. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Michigan state just cause I, right. I, at Michigan state, you know, that's a great stadium. It's a great environment. When, when we played at Michigan state, it was always a great, uh, great environment. And I just love seeing Michigan hurt. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, keep those stories coming. Those are awesome. I love, I freaking love it. Jerry has more random high school football trivia knowledge than anyone I've ever met in my life. He busts more facts out and more things. I'm like, what? I didn't know that. And then a lot of stuff too. I'm like, wait, I did know that, but I completely had forgotten it. I think Jerry's forgot more about high school football than I've ever, ever seen. Well, so, you know, Jerry's I'll, got all that knowledge lodged in there, but he, then he's had to set reminders to feed his kids. I, that's, that's, why, that's why I had to put all the name plates up because I can't remember everybody's names either. So I'm like, you know. Oh or, man, or or stuff about my job, but ask ask me about who kicked for uh, Ankeny back in the late nineties. You know, yeah, man. Yep. Again, I was talking about sponsors. A A A R P. Give us a call. We're a bunch of old guys that can't remember crap. All right, next one. We all got a little skin in the game on this one, and I, I've been nervous all week. We got number nine, our Iowa Hawkeyes, six and one. This is a Big Ten West battle. We're at three and one right now in the conference. At Wisconsin, who's four and three, they're two and two in the conference right now. We got Wisconsin favored by three and a half at Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin's always tough. Their offense is a little bit of a mess at times, especially in the passing game this year. Russ, what are your thoughts on this one? You always make me feel better when I'm nervous about an Iowa game coming up, and I'm hoping you're going to do the same today. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try to. Um... Okay. You know, what Wisconsin was able to stack up 297 rushing yards last week against that Purdue defense, second in the Big Ten. That's a little bit shocking in 48 attempts. So that's pretty well. Uh, to help us, though, Graham Mertz is ranking 104th out of 107 ranked quarterbacks uh, in uh, FBS right now. Uh, he's just terrible. Our Spencer Petrus is 90th, so not a ton better, but uh, still better. better. Uh, 82% of the money coming into Vegas so far this week, as of about midday today, the money was coming in on Iowa and taking that three and a half points. So, um, okay, Iowa's three and three since 2015, coming out of bye weeks. Um, so, I think they're going to be four and three after uh, this week, and I'm going to take Iowa plus the three and a half. Well, you know, just to touch real quick, too, um, I'm a believer of that Spencer is it's not his fault. I'm fully, you know, in the Spencer Patriots camp right now. Our offensive line's got to play better and got to give him more time. Now, Spencer's not great at scrambling and running around, but Winston's Brad Banks, have we ever had a quarterback that could do that? You know, that's not the style of quarterback we recruit. We recruit a pro-style quarterback that has concrete blocks tied around his ankles and they can fire the ball down the field. That's yep. what we do. That's our system. Well, and he and needs to be protected more. Jerry, what are you going to say? 
Well, we did have a quarterback named Drew Tate. I don't know if you remember him. He was our guest last week. But anyway, <laughs> beyond that point. so That's true. That's true. Drew wasn't like a scramble first guy, though. Oh, he but did he, if he had to. He, he could get you around guys, back there, though. You guys remember Kyle McCann? We oh, did. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what about CJ Beathard? Nobody remembers them. Opposite. He was a complete opposite of Banks and Tate. Yep. Yeah, huh. yeah. Beth- Beathard would would take off, but it was like when Beathard did it, it was like rot watching a train wreck. It was so but bad it worked. to watch. But it worked. He got down the field and he'd be stumbling over people, pulling his groin, pulling his hamstring. But then he would <laughs> gain 17 yards when he did it. You know, right. so like I CJ Beathard, I. I'm a CJ Beathard guy. He was one of my favorites of all time. So Jerry, what are your thoughts on this upcoming week? Um, you know, Graham, Graham Mertz, the, the Wisconsin quarterback has only thrown two touchdowns and seven interceptions this year. We got again, Wisconsin favored by three and a half. Who are you taking Jerry? Well, kind of what Russ was saying on those stats. I mean, ultimately I think I, I like our chance. I like the way our team's playing this year. I think we just kind of had a little, uh, you know, we were just primed for an off week and, uh, I like the idea that, you know, our, our defense going up against Graham Mertz, a quarterback, it's going to force him to run. And I just like the ability for Phil Parker to scheme and to, and to, and to force him to, uh, you know, into, into long situations. So I'm going with Iowa as well. All right. Well, and Jerry, I'm going to ask you too. Um, this is um, our offensive line coach this year, and his name is escaping me right now. And I don't really want to bring him up by name, but do you feel like that's working out right now? Because typically our offensive line gets better and better as the season goes on. And this offensive line, although young has not progressed like a normal Iowa offensive line has, do you feel like, you know, this is a fit that the, you know, this, this guy's going to be here again next year, possibly. You know, I, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I, you know, I think our offensive line coach is only what it, you know, what two years now in since, uh, since uh, Paul check left. I think he came from Tulane. Yeah. You know, I can't really, you know, we'll just have to see. It's the offensive line. It's like they're always going downhill later in the season. We, uh, the last game that we played two weeks ago, uh, you know, I think Russ brought up, you know, we had two starters out and, um, you know, and Linderbaum's an All-American and I don't know, two weeks maybe to get him back healthy. I haven't heard if any of those two are back. Maybe Russ has, but, you know, I just, I don't I know. know. He's still going to play. I, I just still have faith that Kirk will, you know, Kirk's an offensive line guy. I just have faith that they'll put it okay. together down the stretch here. But, okay, you know, that's that's my layman's uh, viewpoint on it. Russ, what did you just say there? That I know Ince is supposed to play. He's on the two deep. Okay. So okay. he should be back. Yeah, on. we got one of two back. I think I, I read yep. one was still out. Okay. All right, Matt, what are your thoughts on this? You know, we hate to see we got a, a talent like Tyler Goodson. You know, we want to be able to see some good offensive line play to really capitalize on having a guy like that in our in, in our backfield running the ball. We got Iowa, again, against Wisconsin. Wisconsin favored by three and a half in Madison. A fun place to go party, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Been there a time or two, haven't we? Yeah, it's not terrible. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I like how you brought up good oh, – go ahead, what? Sorry, they've got that spotted cow brewery up there. Oh yeah, Matt loves that stuff. New Belgium. I'm refraining from drinking spotted cow this week. All right. Matt drinks that all the time. Outside of Wisconsin. How do you get it, Matt? I have a guy. Get the new Glarus Grand Cru. (laughs) Okay. Take a take a break. Take a break from spotted cow. Get the Grand Cru. It's basically double the alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Matt doesn't need that. Matt No, Matt doesn't need that. You had me a hello. <laughs> oh, trust me. Hey, working at the working at the Navy base right at the border, man. Like it was a fifteen minute drive to a gas station to pick up any brew from 
from New Glarus that from I wanted. New Glarus. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the, the people from Wisconsin know their beer and they know their cheese. So, oh, yeah. Matt, as soon as you get done hydrating there, let us know who you pick with <clears throat> Iowa and Wisconsin. All right. As I was saying um, before, I like how you brought up Goodson. I think I read a stat that Goodson had 12 touches two weeks ago against Purdue. That's just not a combination that's going to win football games for Iowa. Um, I think our I think our Iowa defense is going to shut down uh, Wisconsin's offense. I don't think their offense is flowing that well. Like you said on Mertz being a hundred and whatever quarterback rating. I just think Iowa's got a lot of the pieces that are going to come out. We were on a big game hangover against Purdue. We weren't all there. I don't think, uh, I think we're going to come out and we're going to prove to the nation again, why we're in the top 10. All Iowa. right. I like it. So, Kyle, we need to know what you're thinking here. I've been hearing a dirty little rumor that um, I hope no one from no one from Wisconsin's listening to this that there's a wrinkle in that Wildcat offense with Goodson that he can throw the ball a little bit. So, shh, don't tell anybody. Okay, we might get to get to see that one busted out. I'm kind of excited to see. So, Kyle, go, what, what, Jerry? Because Kyle probably talks to more people than they actually watch this podcast. So that's why I don't tell anybody, Kyle. So. All right. You know what? Hey, we, um, well, don't, another don't talk bad about our podcast. Come on. Another little rumor that you may or may not have heard is that I committed to Wisconsin before I committed to Iowa. I knew that. Now here, now hold on a minute. You know, before the whole planet erupts, um, I didn't know anything about you know Big Ten football. I just knew that I wanted to play. So. Um, I remember talking to Coach Ferentz and setting up my official visits, you know, because I had a bunch of offers coming out of high school and, you know, you set up all your visits. And uh, I remember Coach Ferentz telling me to schedule my Iowa visit uh, for the for the last visit out of all the schools I visited. And um, I visited Nebraska, um, Florida State, um, Iowa State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And... I remember, you know, sitting, sitting in Barry Alvarez's office uh, at the end of the weekend. My dad went with me and, you know, he's like, look, you're going to be the starting kicker, you know, like for four years and blah, blah, blah. It was all, it was all very sexy to me, you know, and I had a great time. You want to talk about Madison uh, being a great place to party. Um, whew, I had a great, I had a great weekend. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, w I will say that they pressured me into committing because, you know, they, they, they did the whole, um, like, Hey, if you don't commit, you know, we have another kicker coming in this week, this next weekend, who we know is going to commit, you know? So it was kind of one of those things. Was, uh, and, uh, long story short, I obviously visited Iowa the next weekend, fell in love and the rest is history. But, um, and I'm, you know, I regret that, but I love telling that story because, um, it played a big part, um, emotionally when we would go to play i think I, I i went i played at wisconsin once i went there twice as the backup i went there the first time as the backup kicker and i watched nate you know nate kading do some incredible things there i watched the whole team do some incredible things there and then we went there uh and did some incredible things there as well i think i i think we beat barry alvarez on his final game uh yep. as head coach in, in 2005 you know and that was a great feeling i remember going over and shaking his hand and he remembered me and it was just a great I do have a little bit of a soft spot because I did get to know that whole staff quite a bit uh, when I was there visiting. But, um, you know, I think I only, I think, didn't we, we, we lost to Wisconsin in 06, my senior year. Um, I think that was the only time yeah. we lost to Wisconsin. 
uh, either other than that, I have some great memories of some magical things happening against Wisconsin. You know, Camp Randall is a great place to play. Guys, and I'm telling you right now, I'm not a stats guy. I'm an emotion guy. Going, you know, Iowa, we have a great track record at, at Camp Randall, I think. Um, and outside of them doing the jump around, as long as the uh, as long as the you know the team doesn't get all psyched out about um, the atmosphere of Camp Randall, magical things have happened at Camp Randall for Iowa, and I'm going with Iowa once again. All right, now hot take here, Matt. What's your opinion on the whole jump around thing at Wisconsin? I was, I mean, we participated in it. It's fine. I don't have a problem with it. I was very underwhelmed. Like the whole well, yeah. section doesn't come in until what? Like after halftime? It's yeah, third it's like, quarter. What type the, of student between. section is that? And, you know, of course, ESPN doesn't say that. They just say, oh, it's time for jump around. It's so great. Well, they don't show how the student section's empty the whole first half of the game. <laughs> yeah, they show up for jump around. That's about it. Yeah. What, like, you know, go ahead, Jerry. Right. What I took from Kyle's story, what I wondered from Kyle's story wasn't the jump around. I'm wondering where his dad was while he was out partying on his recruitment weekends. So, well, actually, good question. Yeah, man, my dad had a great time that weekend. And <laughs> I, came, yeah, you went with. Good for him. Yeah, it was but just me and my dad. And, um, you know, I actually, you know what? I don't have it in here. Gosh, I'm going to send you guys a, a picture one time. My dad was notorious for sneaking onto the football field. <laughs> no, we've Any, done that anywhere anywhere we played and he i have this picture of me kicking an extra point and it's at wisconsin and he somehow snuck on to the i think it was the south side end zone and snapped this picture before getting removed by security um <laughs> yeah it's it's stashed away somewhere i'm trying to i'm trying to look in my garage here but um well yeah if you need to take a time out for a minute and go find that, that's absolutely <laughs> acceptable. Um, Matt and I had a similar situation. I believe it was on our way to Purdue, or was it? Um, or was it? Um, was it You're Indiana? Going to Bloomington, I believe. Bloomington, and we, yeah, we drove right by Champagne, um, and we were like, "Hey, let's you know, we got to take a bathroom break." And you know, for those of us that weren't driving, refill our adult beverages, and um, we um, drive by the stadium, and it's wide open on one side. And so, of course, us being idiot, we pulled right up next to the stadium, next to the garage door. This was at Illinois on the way to Indiana. Champagne, yeah. And so we just walk right out onto the field with our into the end zone, taking pictures, and like we stood there for about a good ten minutes. A lot of people looked at us like are you supposed to be here? Like finally, <laughs> what, I think one of the graduate assistants sort of ran over like, you guys can't be here right now. And we're like, okay, go Hawks. And we just walked off. <laughs> he was field. super cool about it though. I yeah, mean, he was really nice. cool. He's like, Hey, we appreciate you guys coming in here and, you know, enjoying our stadium and everything, but we're going through a walkthrough for tomorrow and you guys, you guys can't be here. And we're yeah. Like, All right. They were cool. About we just want to check out cool. your stadium. We've never been here before. All so right. you know, good luck. You're wearing a bunch of Hawkeye stuff. Yes. Oh, we were hawked uh, out head to toe. Yeah, they we were definitely out of place. A terrible place to play. What were you saying, Jerry? What were you saying, Jerry? Oh, I'm just saying this train was getting off the tracks here, and you guys are going to go past my bedtime if we keep this up. So let's. All right, uh... all right, all right, Dad. All right, <laughs> moving on to the next game, we got uh, Rutgers at three and four. Really thought they had that train rolling on the right track. I thought they were going to have that thing turn around. They're at like we were just talking about. 
uh, the fighting Brett Bielamas in Illinois, who is also three and five, coming off a huge win, nine overtimes against Penn State. Russell, the muscle. Rutgers is favored by one and a half. Who are you taking in this one? I think Illinois is going to suffer from an emotional letdown, and they're probably exhausted after playing nine overtimes. And I agree with you. I think early in the year, I thought Rutgers was playing some pretty good ball. So I think yeah. that will uh, they'll come back out of that, and they'll uh, they'll win the game and, and cover that point and a half. All right, Papa Jerry, who do you got in this one? Um, I've got Illinois because I researched it really hard, and then uh, I'm taking Illinois because I flipped a coin. So, ooh, all right, two face. Flipping coins and making decisions. <laughs> then, all right, yeah, you make Matt. your own luck, Adam. All right, Matt, who, who are you taking in this one? Rutgers at three and four at the Fighting Illini. Ah, I'm going to take Rutgers on this one. Um, I think Rutgers has a better offense. Illinois is going to be, you know, in that big game hangover like we were when we went into Purdue. I just don't think that they're going to be the good team. I think they're going to be high on their horse a little bit. And all right. You know, they're going to come in soft, and Rutgers is going to take them. All right, on to our special celebrity guest picker, Kyle Schlicker. <laughs> Who are you picking in this one? I'm picking Illinois. I'm a uh, Brett Bo- Brett Bielema fan. He was a he was a uh, I can't remember what his position was when I was a freshman, but he was a coach under Ferentz when I was a freshman, and he was just the coolest dude. I've always pulled for him anywhere he's gone. I've, I've followed him wherever he's gone. And uh, you know what? And quite frankly, I'm I kind of feel bad for Illinois. So like I want them to do well. I want them to like uh, I don't know. They've just gone w- through way too many changes, way too many coaches. And I feel like they need to park the bus and Bielema needs to be there for the next, you know, 15, 20 years and do a good job. So um, I'm going with Illinois in this one. All right, Matt, that was very, very good. You tried to tone down that that beer opening there. I can hear it go <laughs> like real slow. Um, Kyle, I 100% agree. <laughs> I, I tried, man. I really did. Uh, it's all good, man. It's funny. Um, Kyle, I agree with you 100%. I think uh, Coach Bielema was a great hire. Um, it's going to take him some time to get get that turned around and, and get things going the way he wants to there. The guy's a good recruiter. Got a, a great personality, super engaging. And, you know, I always secretly kind of root for the former Hawks wherever they are and hope they do well unless they're playing us. So, well, even um, that'll uh, be. Sorry, even, even like I had a soft spot for Lovey Smith because, again, trading that, yeah. trading that community service when he was with the Bears, I got to, I got to sit and talk with Lovey multiple times. And, yeah. you know, like I just, it, when you, when you go through multiple changes like that in less than a decade, like, um, it's hard it to win. Makes, well, it's hard to win. I just, you know, sometimes coaches need more time, man. Sometimes they need, uh, I don't know, you know, like maybe that's not the problem. Maybe the head coach isn't the problem, you know, like I just feel yeah. like there needs to be more of a process and more of a trust because come on, it's Lovey Smith. You know? He didn't do that. I know, you know, he didn't do that well with the bears. I know, but, uh, he was just a great guy anyway. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I've talked to multiple people that are very close to that program with season tickets that are donors there, and they said that he is the most wonderful man ever. They said, yeah, yeah like you'll just see him randomly on campus holding doors open for people. Like yeah. he, he's the type of guy that's just a good human being. So hopefully he'll get another great job. Is he back in the NFL now? I think he is as an assistant somewhere. I have no idea. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. I just can't remember. All right, guys, moving on. We have Indiana, one of the bigger disappointments in the Big Ten this year, two and five at Maryland, going all the way out to the East Coast here. Maryland, four and three. Got the line, Maryland favored by five and a half. Russ, who are you taking in this one, the Fighting Turtles or the Hoosiers? I'll take the Turtles in this one to cover the five and a half. Indiana's just terrible. I mean, they're not playing good on either side of the ball. Their uh, special teams is ranked almost dead last. Their offense is 121st in the country out of 130. Uh, mm. They're pretty poor. So I'll take Maryland plus the five and a half. You know, we had programs that definitely struggled last year during the pandemic and had very down years like Michigan State. Then you had programs that thrived like Indiana that had wonderful seasons. Um, Matt, who are you taking in this one? Indiana at Maryland. Maryland favored by five and a half. I'm going to take Maryland as well. I think Maryland's offense is going to be able to air it out over uh, Indiana's defense. Uh, I think that's going to be too much for Indiana to handle. I think Indiana's offense is sputtering, and Maryland's defense is going to take advantage. All right, Jerry, what are you thinking now? Do you think Tula is going to have a big game here against Indiana's secondary, or do you think Indiana is going to pull this one out? As as Russ taught us, that would be baby Tua, and I I think he's going to probably win the day, so I'm taking Maryland as well. Okay. Isn't his first name, though, it's Tula, isn't it, instead of uh, Tula? Yeah, like Tulip. Yeah, like Tulip, <laughs> shortened for Tula. All right, Kyle, who do you got in this one? I've got Maryland as well. I've never been scared of, of, uh, of Indiana whatsoever. Even though they did beat us our senior year, that was a fluke. It was one of my worst games. I missed two field goals. They ended up coming back after being down by three touchdowns and winning and blah, blah, blah. But I've yeah. never, I've never been, uh, I've never, I've never been scared of Indiana. And I just, you know, again, I've also never played Maryland. So, you know, like, mm. uh, but I'm going to have to take Maryland on this. They've got some pretty cool uniforms. Um, the, the one thing about that Indiana game that you were talking about that we lost, I don't know why I've always remembered this, but ESPN panned to an Iowa fan sitting on the bleachers <laughs> off to the side pretty much dry heave puking at the end of the game because I don't know if he was so upset or if he just had too much to drink, maybe a combination of the, of the two, but that, that, that picture of that guy totally encapsulated how all of us felt that he was just had spit just hanging out of his mouth, like, yeah. you know, going over it. It's like, well, you know, what a back day. Then, back then we couldn't drink in stadiums. He probably had a camelback filled with bush light or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Yeah, well, you know, it's they just allow drinking in stadiums. It's been happening for decades. I know. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, next one we got Minnesota. PJ Fleck at Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald, they're three and four. Northwestern is Minnesota's five and two. This is one we want to keep an eye on in the West, hoping Northwestern can take care of business against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That would definitely make things look better for Iowa if. Iowa is able to handle business against Wisconsin. The line Minnesota is favored by seven and a half at Northwestern. Now Northwestern, their stadium, Ryan field has a reputation for being pretty sleepy. looks like it seats about 37 people and uh, real quiet there. And looks like some middle school football gets played there. Russ, um, who are you taking in this one, Minnesota or Northwestern? Sorry, Wildcats. Yeah. I hate to get no, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to go against Fitz, but I think uh, I think they're going to row the boat. Minnesota's going to row their boat. 
and row right over the top of uh, the Wildcats this weekend. So I will right. take them and uh, the, to cover the seven and a half. Okay. Matty Ice, who are you yeah, taking in this one? I can't say that Minnesota's um, that good. I just can say that Northwestern's been that bad. And Minnesota's been balanced enough to, I think, cover that seven and a half point spread. Unfortunately, I, I wish, I, I hope I'm wrong, to be honest with you on this one. I hope Northwestern pulls this upset off and okay. pulls one out. But Minnesota. We got, we got Russ yawning over there. We can Papa Russ's bedtime. We got to keep moving, <laughs> keep things moving along. It's getting a little bit late here. Um, well, you know, one thing too, I've mm. noticed, Jerry, and I don't know if you have, uh, Northwestern started out unbelievably slow, but they have been picking it up lately and playing better yeah. and better the last few weeks. You don't seem to be buying what they're selling. Well, who are you yeah. taking, Jerry? Well, Minnesota's picking up steam too. And I just, I, you know, after what Nebraska did to Northwestern, I just, even if they are at home this week, I just still have a hard time believing in them. So I'm taking Minnesota as well. So, okay. All right. Mr. Kyle Schlicker, who are you taking in this one? Minnesota at Northwestern. I'm taking I'm taking Minnesota. Um, first of all, I have a hard time with people who uh, well, teams whose jerseys are purple. I think that's a you know just a, they need to wear all black all the time. But, yeah, uh, Ryan Field is a terrible place to play as a visitor. It really is. They make it as miserable as, as possible for you. Those locker rooms literally are like a you know an eight man football uh, stadium somewhere deep in the you know midst of Iowa cornfields. Um, it's you know pipe. <laughs> Pipes leading on you and just like rats running around the place. I mean, it's just terrible. And then, uh, um, and well, on the flip side, you know, Minnesota, them getting, them moving out of the Metrodome, in my opinion, was one of the worst decisions they ever made. Why on, why on earth would you build an outdoor stadium up in Minnesota? Yeah, why geez, would you do that? Their whole sales pitch to that thing was the average temperature for the football season is this. So they tried to average it with, you know, early season. But I will say, that is a beautiful venue. It, it They really made it look like an old school vintage stadium. I've never been. I've never been there. It, it, it's pretty it's cool. Nice. But yeah. And the Metro Dome was kind of getting run down. So, sure. and they pr- probably did not have the money. But again, the Vikings built that brand new stadium. You would think being in Minneapolis, they built a play in that. I think it's U.S. Bank Stadium, and it's one of the yep. nicest in the NFL. Yeah. I went, I went to a Metallica concert there. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota, man. You know, I, I'm not a Gophers fan, but I'm also not, you know, a big uh, – I'm a Fitzgerald fan. I like the way he does things. And plus, I, I had a, I had an old coworker who uh, played for them. I don't know if you guys remember the Navy SEAL who, uh, who, uh, who played for them, um, I think, like six or seven years ago, Tommy Ruby. He was an active-duty SEAL. I don't know if you remember this at all, but it was big in the press. He was an active-duty SEAL who decided to go to school at Northwestern. I was working okay. with him. I was working with him while that was happening. And actually I helped train him. I helped train him a little bit for his, his tryouts. Um, anyway. Yeah. yeah didn't I, I, I think ESPN did a story on that. Didn't they? They did. Yep. Okay. That's why I remember that. Okay. All right, guys. Looks like Pat Fitzgerald, you're, you're running out of luck this weekend. None of these guys believe in you at all, <laughs> but I will say Pat, I think Pat Fitzgerald is one of the best coaches in the big 10. He's, he's phenomenal. All right. Um, and again, I want to, I want to capitalize on the, if you're going to have purple in your colors, it's got to be secondary, not primary. I can't have yes. that be my team's primary color. I just can't get with a team that's purple. Sorry. I just can't do it. It's just, it's a very, uh, a very effeminate color. I don't my know. daughter's room is painted purple. And I just can't. So is mine. It, I yeah. I painted my daughter's room purple and her dresser's purple. 
It's like, all right, go cats. And every time they get a first down, it's <laughs> that's annoying. That's the most, that's worse than the cyclone siren is wildcat first down. Oh, don't even get me started with cyclones. Look, what the hell is a cyclone? Like, they didn't even exist. And you have a bird, you have a, you have a bird that prances around as your mascot. Like what, what yeah. is going on there? I, I don't get it. Any way they can ride our coattails, they will. So, all right, moving on. Uh, Jerry's going to get grumpy with us if we don't keep this train moving. <laughs> we got Purdue at four and three. Just kidding, buddy. Get, Purdue get off my three. lawn, you youngins. Hey, get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> Purdue four and three at Nebraska, who's three and five. But Nebraska, I'm surprised at this, is favored by seven and a half um, in this one at Memorial Stadium. Russ, who are you taking in this one, Purdue or Nebraska? You know, I was amazed at that line. I double checked it three times before I typed it onto the sheet to send to you guys. I, yeah, that's weird. You know, I'll be honest. I think last week at Minnesota in that second half, they played a little bit better, but I think there's some give up in the Huskers. I think they're probably giving up on their leadership since uh, Coach Frost likes to continuously go into these press conferences and throw individual players under the bus. Uh, it's hard to uh, hard to show up every day for somebody that's not going to have your back. So um, uh, I think I, I'm going to take Purdue plus the seven and a half. I don't. I think Purdue probably wins it outright. Okay. All right. That's I like that pick, Matt. Who are you taking in this one? Purdue <clears throat> four and three at Nebraska three and five. If Nebraska is going to go to a bowl game this year, they need to win this game. Well, they're not going to get my pick. <laughs> I'm going to go with Purdue as well. Uh, Nebraska's pass defense is terrible and Purdue terrible. passing terrible. and Purdue passes the ball extremely well. They got receivers that are going to be out there all over the place. If they get good protection for that quarterback, give him a little time. He's going to shred them. Hmm. Purdue can sling the ball downfield, Jerry. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, and we saw that firsthand. They really just, they live in the pockets where we're not on defense <laughs> and that's where they love to be. Uh, Jerry, who are you taking in this one? Purdue at Nebraska. Well, that's tempting because Wisconsin showed last week that if you live in Purdue's backfield, that you know you can really disrupt them. But I don't know. I just keep coming back to the fact that you know it's it's funny as this sounds. We would have never guessed it twenty years ago, but the culture in Nebraska's locker we just mentioned earlier. They've lost two games against Michigan, Michigan State. They very well could have won, yeah. and they just don't have that culture going on about you know that winning mindset. And I don't know if Frost will ever get it done. So. I'm going with Purdue. I'm sticking with the team here. So Okay. All right. Boiler up, says Jerry. All right, Kyle. It's at Memorial Stadium in, in Nebraska in memory of the Nebraska football program. That's why it's called Memorial Stadium. Who are you taking in this one? Nebraska favored by seven and a half. That joke never lot, gets old. I have a lot of good memories of visiting Nebraska and, uh, you know, got to know the coaching staff, got my picture with Eric Crouch and all that stuff. Okay. Something has changed uh, there. I don't know what it is, but um, uh, yeah, I'm going with Purdue on this one. I just don't feel confident with no matter what Scott Frost has, actually, you know what, in the past decade, like any coach that's been in that position, it's like, I don't care what, how nice of a facility you have, how nice of a stadium you have, how nice of a stadium you have, or how many people show up to support your team. Like, it's all about what happens in the locker room and how that team feels and responds to your coaching words. And um, yeah, I'm going with Purdue on this one, man. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to definitely be watching that one. I, um, I'm kind of down the middle on it. It's a tough one. So um, 
I um, I definitely respect those picks, though. All right, guys. James Franklin and the number 20 Penn State Nittany Lions. He doesn't know where the hell they're playing this week, but they're at <laughs> in Columbus at number five, Ohio State. He thinks they're going to Ann Arbor to play Illinois <laughs> from his press conference. So um, Ohio State's favored by 18 and a half in this one. Russell, the muscle. Who are you taking in this one, man? You know, I don't know if Sean Clifford last week uh, was still injured. I don't know if he's playing with cracked ribs. I don't know if that ever came out. But he was only 10 of 34 passing for 165 yards last week against Illinois yeah. <laughs> of all teams. So uh, I don't think they stand a chance. Again, like I said earlier, I think they've probably got some players kind of giving up, mailing it in on their coach. Um, so I'll take Ohio State uh, giving the 18 and a half. Well, Matt, Ohio State came out of the gates early in the season and, and stumbled a little bit and did not play so well the first three games of the season. The defensive coordinator there was kind of on the hot seat for a while, and that's cooled off, and they're just rolling right now. They're putting people away in the, by the second quarter most games. We got Penn State again, 5-2 and two at Ohio State. Who are you taking in this one, Matt? I actually got uh, Penn State on this one um, with the points. I don't know that Penn State's going to win it, but – I just can't see Ohio State beating them by eight, over 18 and a half. Uh, you know, OSU is figuring it out. They have struggled a little bit themselves. Um, I, I think Penn State's defense is going to, you know, hold Ohio State's offense, you know, below that threshold that they've been just slinging it all over and throwing 50-plus points up on people. I just don't see that happening at Penn State. Mm. Maybe if Clifford – isn't healthy i guess it's gonna throw a wrench in things we don't know nobody said so i mean there's that but i i still think penn state's gonna cover this or you know not let ohio state cover the spread i like that pick matt that's bold jerry who do you got in this one matt's saying that the nittany lions are going to keep it closer than the spread says what do you think well you know i'm gonna go with penn state as well because ultimately Matt's got the good record, and I, he either brings me up or I've got a horrible <laughs> record, and I bring him down. So it's a win-win for me. So, you All know, right. I'm going with Penn State as well, and I'm just going to piggyback on Max, Matt's pick there. So. It's time to start copying Matt because he's doing well. So Or drag him down with me one way or the other. So and It's like when you're taking a test. If you don't know the answer, just mark C. All right, Kyle, <laughs> <laughs> who, who are you taking in this one? James Franklin against Ryan Day at Columbus at Ohio Stadium? For me, again, um, I have, you know, Ohio State is right there, right next to Michigan as far as level of hatred goes. Mm. And um, funny funny story, my family and I, we went to visit Columbus, the Columbus Zoo. It was a long weekend trip, and my kids wanted to see the stadium. So we, we, we drove by, we drove by the stadium, and my kids got back in the car. I'll send you this picture. Um, and I was like, look, hon, I got to go back and I got to flip off the O. I have to, I have to take a, we, actually, I, I, I asked her, I said, Hey, will you, will you come and take a picture of me flipping off the O? And, um, she said, no. It. So I went back, no. I took a selfie of myself with the O in the background at the, at the main entrance of the stadium, flipping off the camera, like I'm flipping off the O. Um, yeah. I'll send you the picture so you can see it. Um, but, That's you know, look, Ohio State, uh, I loved playing there. I never missed a field goal there. It was great. You know, we lost. We never we never won there. 
I did beat Ohio State when I played. That was a great feeling. Mike Nugent, you know, I rubbed it in his face. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Penn State. Um, I, I like the upset. Uh, again, my hatred right there with Ohio State is just like with Michigan. So I love seeing them lose as much as, I, as, much as possible. I'm surprised. I am surprised. I did not think any of you guys were going to take Penn State. That, that, that shocks me. And then we got three out of the four of you guys. Russ, you were the only one that took Ohio State, right? I was the only one, yep. It's, right. it's, well, for, it's, me, for me, it's purely because I just hate I hate how much I, I hate dealing with the Ohio State fans here in Illinois. It's just, they're, they're bad. I uh, remember the year that uh, when Iowa played Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship, uh, we're, we were there, and the Ohio State fans are, of course, so arrogant. They all bought tickets to go to the game because they assumed they'd be there. Well, they didn't make it, and they're standing on every street corner in downtown Indianapolis, Indianapolis chanting O-H-I-O to each other. And it's like there was still – I would say there's probably still a couple thousand Ohio State fans there at that game, yeah. and they weren't even playing. They were Jared there just to be annoying. Yeah, I want to throw up every single person that tells me the Ohio State Zio <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's what we call them sanction you because they're always in trouble for doing something dirty and in a, in something yeah. wrong yeah yeah let's sell some of our gear for free tattoos and stuff like that they probably wouldn't get in trouble for that now though with nil so they're they're out of the woods now well boys thank you for another great swarm the 402 podcast I always have so much fun. This is one of the most fun things we do. I always have a blast uh, picking these games with you guys. Kyle, absolute pleasure. We'd love to have you on anytime, man. You got some of the best stories ever. Like every team, <laughs> he's got a great story to tell us about, which is amazing. Thanks, man. Hey, man. I was a kicker. I had a lot of time to sit back and observe things. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to do much, yes. you know? Oh, like a designated great. hitter. Just like a designated hitter. You just, just sit and wait for your turn, you know? Oh, man. I love it. All right, guys. Hopefully we can get the win this weekend against Wisconsin. Um, anybody got any big plans? Uh, Russ, Jared, are you guys going to the game? Or are you watching it at home? I know Matt's watching it at home. What are you guys doing? I'm, I I'm, having, a hard, I'm having a hard time deciding between the Andy Griffith Marathon and uh, watching oh. the game. So I'll, uh, I'll I get, get back to you on that. So. There's probably Stop truth one. to that, Jerry. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> There's uh, there's also a couple good lifetime movies on too, Jerry. So I yeah, I've probably something. seen them already. So yeah, it's true. It's getting to be Christmas season, man. Hallmark movies. Hallmark Channel. Going. I was just gonna say that the they're Hallmark thriving. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So I've probably seen them already. So all right, where yeah. is our podcast gone? Come on. Now. Yeah, talking about the Hallmark <laughs> Channel. Russ, where are you watching the game this weekend? I think Docs in uh, Sioux City. In oh, Sioux nice. City. Okay. Yeah. All right. One little bar. Yeah. Yep. Sioux City's got some fun bars. Kyle, what are you doing for the game? You hanging out with the family, ch- hanging at home? Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> my family got me a big 15 foot blow up projector screen and with a projector. Ooh. So I, uh, there's actually quite a bit of Hawkeye fans in my, you know, general, in my immediate uh, vicinity. I'll probably nice. try to uh, put it out in the side yard and, and some people over and, do it that way, or I'll just be in a it'll just be in my cozy living room with a nice fire going. I thought right. you were going to say in your cul-de-sac. In the cul-de-sac. No, I, I I don't live in a cul-de-sac. I do live at a dead end. Uh, it overlooks a, for, a forest preserve, so there's not a lot of traffic. It's real nice. Kyle, oh, awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. If I took anything from this podcast, so it's like I want Kyle to come and give me advice on how to arrange my garage. That is like the cleanest looking pegboard I have seen behind. Yeah. Me. Give us uh, a look uh, here, Kyle. Yeah, look so, at this. I mean, organization. Look at that. 
He's even wow. got a gold broom. I know. Good night, man. Look at that. Is that a is that a air hockey? No, that's a car. Jeez, I was way off. <laughs> I thought it was an air hockey table. Oh, Adam, get the wife. glasses out. Oh, air hockey okay. table, top of my no, car. I, I gotta Fine. clean up my I gotta clean up my workbench though. I got all my open house signs and mm. yeah, I mean it's you know, it's it's half filled with uh, you know, my kids' stuff. And but yeah, I did the pegboard. This, like I said, this is a fixer upper. The garage didn't have any lights, it didn't have any insulation, it didn't have anything. So I, I did all this pretty much myself. Um, nice. nice. Good work, yeah, man. You know, it works, man. All right. Well, I would say well, our garage would look like that because of my wife, but I screw it all up. I get stuff out and I don't put it back. So I'm the guilty one. So um, well, you need to get your vision check. You thought he had an air hockey table in there. So I don't know what the hell I was looking at. Go. Did, did, was I the only one that saw an air hockey table there? Was that just me? Yes, you the only <laughs> Okay. That's, I'm going blind. I do wear glasses, so clearly I need to be wearing them more often. Kyle, All right, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Kyle. Go Hawks. Thanks, Kyle. Go Hawks. Thanks, Hawks. All right, guys. Go Hawks. Lots of fun. Cheers. See you later.